You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. My name is Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health here in Montgomery County. And I'm so excited to be back on the show. So we took a little bit of a break and um, you just see things happening. And so it, it feels like ages since I've been here. Um, at the radio station and actually um, at the new radio station. Um, and so this is my this is my awkward little segue into our topic for today because it feels like ages. It's been a long time. And, you know, sometimes we age faster than we think we do because, like, I'm thinking, too, like, when I think about my own age, I'm like, I'm that old because I don't feel that old, right? So that's probably what a lot of people feel like. Um, so we've got uh, Pauline and Brent Vise, Vise, Vise. It's very French, right? Um, <laughs> they're with us today, um, and we're going to talk about aging and um, some of the things associated with aging. So, you guys, um, let's start out with just introducing yourselves and and what you guys do. Ladies first. All right. So I'm Pauline. Um, I am the owner of Assisted Living Locators. Um, we work here in the Montgomery County area. Um, so I have. Uh, other lives before being a business owner. So I was the executive director at the uh, Conroe YMCA for a while and um, I enjoyed helping people and giving back to the community and that's something I've always felt was my purpose was just helping people. Um, So when we had the opportunity to do this um, adventure and help um, older adults find care that they need, it was a perfect fit for what I thought I should do. Um, So basically that's, uh, we got into it because we like to help people. Yeah. And the pandemic definitely helped uh, facilitate <laughs> that, that is true. opportunity to make it more of a reality. I'm Brent Bizet, and I'm the co-owner slash secretary. She's the boss of Assisted Living Locators, Greater Northeast Houston. And I spent a long time in corporate America. And in that time, there was about 10 years in the Medicare health insurance sector. And after that, another five years actually at the Y, and but still doing the Medicare insurance stuff. So when the pandemic hit and I was unfortunately let go by the Y because of the pandemic, exploring opportunities, I found this one with the assisted living locators where you're gonna be a resource for people to come to, to find information to help them live their better life. And since we've been dealing with the population already, you know, for many years, we thought this was a great opportunity for us to continue doing what we'd already been doing, but really just focus on that. And our own personal experiences kind of helped us focus better on that because Pauline's had issues with her parents and and I've had issues with my grandparents where we were directly involved with their caregiving issues in the early 20-teens. And that journey was painful for everybody involved it was hard horrible any old cliche you see about the family that's fighting and yelling and we executed it with perfection unfortunately (laughs) and it was just a very bad situation we had to move my grandparents three times and it was just horrible for everyone involved but especially with them and that's the experience that we hope we're able to help people avoid with our service which is free you know, 
we get any kind of payment from the partners that we work with that end up helping people. So it's a free of charge service that we have, have for the families and for the people that are being helped most importantly. And that's why we're in it is to be able to do that and avoid that horrible journey. Because right. yeah. everybody, we're all, we're all aging, right? It's going to happen to everybody at some point. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about families, um, we, you know, we all hope that we would be agreeable and things would go well, but it, it, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't always happen like that and probably more often than not. So just having that assistance is, is important. It's invaluable, Helpful. especially when you don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we didn't have as much of. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we learned right. is planning is a, a critical part of this aging journey that you have to have a plan in place when you're younger to be able to make it easier for not only yourself, but for all your loved ones so that you don't have to make major earth shattering decisions under the gun mm -hmm. when someone is in a bad situation and you have no other options, you already have a plan in place so that people don't have to worry about what that may look like. Right. So you guys help people figure out kind of the plan, like absolutely. So, so from, the, from even pre-crisis situation right. all the way through crisis and even some post crisis absolutely yeah. so the best um the best place to be is you don't really need anything right now and you're just trying to figure out what that could look like later mm -hmm. so no real health concerns you're just trying to plan it out and thinking about the what if possibilities so what if i i'm incapacitated what if i can't make choices for myself um, who would be making those choices for me and how am I going to pay for this and who would be responsible for making sure all of this is executed and taken care of. Mm -hmm. So that's the perfect place because you have so many options and you have time to think about it and plan. Um, most people though, they think about it when they're in the moment. So I something, um, you know, a major thing has just happened, a life crisis, you fell, you broke your hip, you had a heart attack or a stroke, and all of a sudden you can't go home by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are those are the families that we work with a lot of times. So you're trying to figure out, is it rehab first? Do I bring someone into the home and then they'll be better later so they don't need to move out of the home? Sometimes it's just, no, we need to make that transition. Um, but the more time you have to think about those options, the more options you have. Right. It's, a, it's a continuum of care. It mm -hmm. really is. And the continuum of care starts from being independent so that you're able to just do whatever and you just want to still not have to worry about painting the house or taking care of the house and you just want a smaller place. And then you go to assisted living. Then you go to memory care if that's what you. So it's a progression. And we help people along every step of the way, wherever they happen to be. But ideally for their best life, it's to be at the very beginning, absolutely. you know, so that you don't have much more limited options because you've already been too far down the road and you're left right. with not a lot of other options. Right. So sometimes your choices are limited just by the, the health concern that you have. Mm -hmm. um, so memory care options, there are fewer places that are only, you know, are equipped to memory care. So the, the number of places that you would be able to go are, are a lot smaller. Um, but also um, how, how you pay for those things. So if, depending on your finances, you could, you could be restricted to where you can, you're able to afford and where you're not. So it's just thinking about those things ahead of time and making financial arrangements and planning.
So wherever people are at in that continuum and what their needs are, you guys um, can help connect to them with resources um, to get them through that. Absolutely. And so you guys um, serve a um, part of Houston, but you were telling me earlier you can really help anybody anywhere, anywhere. In the, in the United States, right? In, yes. Like, anywhere in the United States. So we even, um, we're a national organization. Um, so our franchise helps, you know, our particular area, the Northeast Houston area. Mm-hmm. Um, but we even have franchise owners in Hawaii. So if that's where your family's at or that's where you're looking to relocate to, we have people that can help you. Okay. And what would you say is like, um, what, do, what do you spend most of your time doing? What's, what's the most common request that you have? So it's mainly education, which is, you know, I find interesting, but people just learning the difference between what different types of care are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I was growing up, a nursing home was a nursing home. That's where that's where everybody older people lived. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. But there's. And a lot of people were really afraid of nursing homes, oh, right? Absolutely. So like, yes. I can remember my grandmother, like, that was the worst thing ever. The idea of going into a nursing home was was, was horrible. Exactly. And, and that's not – a nursing home in the vernacular that it used mm-hmm. to be is actually called a skilled nursing facility. Okay. And they actually have a small, much more focused component to what they're actually designed to do, mm-hmm. whereas – a place where you're living on a regular basis is called assisted living. Okay. And and that is not anything like what you would see in a skilled nursing facility environment. Right. It's a completely different type of arrangement. In fact, skilled nursing facilities often have an assisted living wing in mm-hmm. them that is much different than what you would see in their nursing facility part right. where they're doing the acute care at the time that is needed and required by doctors. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me how some of the educa- there are a lot of the education is just helping people understand the nuances and the differences between oh, absolutely. those, right? Absolutely, because that's the thing. Whenever you start thinking about contemplating care and where does mom need to go, or there, your mom may not need to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. She may be okay having care come into the home. Um, so it's really just educating people, and that is part of it. And then the other piece is people sometimes think that Medicare will cover the cost mm. of this uh, moving into an assisted living home, and that's just not the case. So Medicare is medical. It takes care of your medical needs. Um, but where you live, your, your room and board, like that's, that's not covered by traditional Medicare. For example, as she mentioned the home, there's two types of different care that you can receive in the home. There's home health, mm-hmm. which is something that your doctor says you need and is typically done by a nurse. So it could be a physical therapy. It could be occupational therapy. It could be injecting some meds into you or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But there's also something called home care. And home care is just like, I need help getting reminded that I need to take my meds, or I need help putting my clothes on, or I need help going to take a bath, or getting to the bathroom, or getting food, Mm -hmm. you know, prepared for me. So home care is something that a nurse doesn't have to do. There's other entities that can do that for them. And the home health is typically covered by Medicare. Home care, typically not. Now, that's kind of in the process of changing a little bit, but for the most part, it's not. So then you have to have resources that you can tap into that would cover the cost of someone coming in there and helping you take a bath or Mm -hmm. take a shower, whatever the case may be. And a lot of people are just now kind of understanding that. Mm -hmm. So 
you um, you guys help people find those and understand the differences between um, what it is because um, it's it's better to do that when you're not in a crisis or that's because it can be like it, it can be really overwhelming, right? There's mm-hmm. so much information out there and so many things there have changed. So you guys help them um, kind of wade through all of that. Right. So part of our process is we talk with people and there's an, it's an intake process and it takes, you know, 30 minutes and it sounds like a lot of time. But during that process, we're having conversations, learning about the person that you want, you're seeking care for. Mm-hmm. What are their hobbies? What are their interests? What are their, you know, religious preferences? Because all of those things play a role in how you see the world and how you want to be cared for mm-hmm. um, on top of medical needs and finances. And once we have that picture, then we can better recommend options for you because we wouldn't want to recommend caregivers for you that maybe don't fit your needs. of people that are in this age group want to stay home. Mm -hmm. That's their preference. So when we're having these conversations, typically with their family members, and most often it's the adult children that Mm -hmm. are involved, then we're always making sure we remind them, okay, what does your mom really want? What does your dad really think Mm -hmm. and believe? So because we want them to remember that this is not about anyone other than mom or dad Mm -hmm. that's what it's really about and making sure that they are getting what they want out of the situation Mm -hmm. so sometimes people think they want one thing and then they experience it and then they go "Mm, yeah we don't (laughs) want that anymore you know and we help them with that aspect as well because we're providing them options and consultation but we are absolutely not making the decisions for them because they only know their loved one the best and so we're not in a position to think for them. We're just trying to help them get the information they need to make the best decisions they can. Okay. So tell me, who who is your your client? Is the person who needs care? It's the family? It's a little bit of both? Is there an age requirement? So, so typically our clients, um, it's them and their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, though, it is the adult children who are doing the looking um, because they want to take care of that situation, you know, have options for mom, but not make that choice yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to do all the legwork. Um, and so that's a great thing because we can do the legwork for you. So you don't have to do that part. Mm-hmm. Um, the age group, we normally work with the Medicare eligible population. So mm-hmm. 65 and older. Okay. Um, if you are looking to start the process early, you're not quite there and you're looking for an, you know, an elder care attorney to help you set up a trust. Or if you have a special needs adult child that you need to set that up for to think about preserving assets, mm-hmm. um, we can help with that too. Um, So if you're starting to plan, we can help you. You're just looking for that new place to live that's got all the cool things and not the roof and then the grass and everything else you got to take care of. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we can can help help with that as well. All right. And you mentioned that one of the main things that you guys do, like your primary service is really education. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I want to focus on a little bit more in the the rest of the show that we're going to have this afternoon. Uh, But we're going to take a break and we'll come back in just a little bit. But this is the extension hour where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships. And, you know, our programs, um, a lot of what we do is um, it focuses on older adults, so family and community health you know, the family uh, dynamic and that um, life span includes taking care of older adults. So I'm really excited to have you guys here and and to talk some more. So we're going to provide some more education right after this. Second 
second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey, this is Wayne Green, your host for Radio Wayne, Spoke and More. Each Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m., I'll be playing folk, singer-songwriter, Americana, blues, bluegrass, classic country, Cajun Zydeco, Celtic swing, and whatever else seems to fit. Once again, that's Radio Wayne, Spoke and More, every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler. I've got Pauline and Brent with me. We are talking about older adults, about aging. We're all aging. Um, and in Extension, we do provide some um, education related to um, to aging. And some of my favorites are we have a series called Master of Memory. And so it's, that's uh, six lessons that are offered. And sometimes we'll offer those like in three sessions. So we'll kind of do two at once, depending on what um, the group that we're working with is um, interested in. And um, we often partner with the Academy for Lifelong Learning mm -hmm. with the Lone Star System um, and provide uh, Master of Memory as one of the classes um, there and usually do it in, in either three or six. And I know that my coworker, Mike McBride, has some scheduled for this fall so you can check with the Lone Star Academy for Lifelong Learning um, their schedule for that um, which is another excellent program and so we're going to talk a little bit about healthy aging and you know staying mentally active and participating in, in uh, classes like that can be really helpful um, too and then we also do a class on um, preventing falls and that's usually just a like a one-time class um, because there's just some basics, and I'm sure that you guys go over this a lot. But we were talking about, um, you know, the clientele that you guys have. So generally at 65 or older. Um, and when we get to that point, you mentioned that there were about three um, top causes of death. So first one being heart disease. Uh -huh. Second one being cancer. Um, serious issues um, that, you know, they... There are things that you can do, definitely healthy living, um, nutrition. So we also do a lot of nutrition classes. We do a lot of uh, physical activity. Um, Promotion Walk Across Texas is coming up again. So we usually do it in the spring, but we're going to do a special um, 25th anniversary in the fall. Um, anyway, but falls was the other thing yes. that you mentioned. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um, preventing falls and the kind of services that you guys can provide and education just about that. So it's the it's the scariest part of yeah. aging. Um, if you think about it, you know, as you get older, your hips don't work like they used to. You just don't feel quite as steady as you used to. Um, and your eyes. 
yeah, mm. your eyes, you know, that's that's a big part. Hearing. Your, your hearing, hearing, all of those things mm-hmm. contribute to how you perceive the world, how you see things. Um, and sometimes falls are not because um, your hip gave out. Sometimes it's just you didn't see it. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of different things that you can do, um, aside from not wearing super high heels, um, to prevent falls from happening. Um, the one thing is that we know as we age, falls will happen. Um, it's just making sure that when they do that they're less um, as injurious as possible so you're not getting hurt terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that they're part of the aging process. But if you fall, you do want to make sure that you check with your doctor um, because sometimes there are things that can make us fall that we didn't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, eyesight for one. So I don't know about you, but I'm really terrible about getting my eyes checked every year like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have diabetes, um, it's really important that you get those the eye exam done because your your prescription can change dramatically. And there's, you know, different things like glaucoma that you're looking for. So you may not notice that you're not seeing as well. Um, so if you do have a fall, you might want to do that. You want to check with your doctor, your your optometrist, and make sure that your prescription is correct. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that you would want to do is make sure that the prescription medications that you're on, what some of the side effects might be dizziness. Um, so that's something you might not think about because you're taking medication because you're trying to treat a, an illness or a symptom that you have. Um, but talking with your pharmacist and your doctor, that might be something. There might be a different medication that maybe doesn't have that side effect. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize it, but hearing is also important in this aspect because the inner ear controls our balance. Mm. And sometimes the changes of aging impacts our our inner ear as well as part of that process. And if there's certain things that happen in the inner ear, it can change how your balance works overall. And that will definitely contribute to a fall as well. So it's a lot of things. The body is a, as a whole is a system. Mm-hmm. It really is. And everything kind of depends on all the other aspects working. And as we age, every aspect of that system is slowly not working as well as we wanted it to be 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it, it's wear and tear. <laughs> the way we remembered it. It's, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But it's just normal wear and tear that nature has built in for us to have happen as things go along. Mm-hmm. And if we just have to stay on top of these things moving forward, right. not only on ourselves, but in our external environment as well, it's important. So mm-hmm. there's things that you can do to make it less likely. Notice I say less likely because mm-hmm. you can't fall prevent 100%. Right. But you can make your external environment more safe for you. So making sure you don't have throw rugs around your house. Mm-hmm. Because when you're, you know, your balance is off a little bit, you're a little less steady with your feet for whatever reason, it's easier to trip mm-hmm. over is. things that are on the floor. And a rug is one of the easiest things that you can trip over. And that's mm-hmm. one of the number one causes, one of the main causes for falls is rugs. Right. Yeah. And one of the things about falls, too, is it ends up kind of being a... Um, starts to create a cycle right so you um, fall you become less active makes it 
you feel less confident about your physical um, abilities, which makes you move less, which makes it more likely that you fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes you add to that cycle, you add a hospital stay because maybe you just injured yourself a little bit more the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you're inactive for six to eight weeks because of that. And so then you've lost muscle tone as well. And so then it's just, it's harder. It's Mm -hmm. so much harder to get back and get active and to get your muscles and your strength back where it was. Mm In some respects, I think physicians make it a point to say that you should be even a little bit more active, if possible, Mm -hmm. after a fall, because their thought process is that you want to rebuild the strength, Mm -hmm. first of all, Mm -hmm. but also try to gain a little bit more, you know, and and that maybe that is going and, and doing a little bit of stuff regarding not just you know, doing stuff with knee, knee bends and things like that, mm-hmm. but maybe going and doing some small barbell work and things like that in order to try to build a little bit more muscle tone or muscle mass, whichever the case may be, to make you a little bit steadier on things to give you more confidence mm-hmm. right. so that you're able to do what you want to be able to do moving forward. Right. And so some of these things that we're talking about related to falls too, so the sight um, and the hearing, Um, are also related to memory. So it makes me think of the Mm -hmm. master of memory classes that we do. And even, um, you know, putting a throw rug somewhere. um, So that can be related to memory just because when you move things around. So, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about dementia and that kind of thing too. And, um, you know, just because you um, forgot that you put that throw rug there because you changed your habits or you moved around your furniture, um, you, you know, you may like literally you forget that it's there because habits make us do the same thing. So we might run into something because we don't remember that it's there. And then memory in terms of how we see and how we hear, um, it's amazing how we process information. And if we don't hear as well, or we don't see as well, um, that we don't, we're not able to process information quite as well. And those changes are so um, slow that sometimes we don't notice them. And and that's the interesting thing, Mm -hmm. the processing them as well, because you're still able to process them. Mm It's just happening slower. Right. So instead of doing it like that, it may take you two or three seconds for Mm -hmm. you to process that smell or that sight that you had or the thing you heard. So it just happens a little bit slower, but it's it's happens in a, uh, you know, a gap enough to where it can impact your ability to react Mm -hmm. to save yourself from a situation that is not good. And so then the next thing, um, if people start to maybe, like we talked about that cycle, um, they fall and then become less active. And um, so some of this is, is natural parts of aging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the memory loss, natural parts of aging. But then some of it is not natural. So sometimes right. there is um, disease that um, happens or, like you mentioned, medications. So dementia and Alzheimer's is another um, common cause, and you said it's like it's becoming one of the. So we talked top three: cancer, uh, heart disease, cancer, falls, and then. But dementia is getting close to those. Alzheimer's well. is seventh. Okay. As a cause of death, currently, right now, mm-hmm. uh, I think, or actually sixth. Last year it was seventh. It's already gone up mm-hmm. one space in in a year. And by 2050, it'll be in the top three. It'll be right up there with, it'll pass falls as a cause of death in the United States. So 60 to 80% of dementia cases are Alzheimer's 
disease diagnoses. Right. And that's why it's so prevalent and so much of an issue for us as a country moving forward. Right. And I think people don't know that. I think the word Alzheimer's is scary, but Mm -hmm. dementia is less scary for people. But Alzheimer's is just a type of dementia. So not all dementia is Alzheimer's, but all Alzheimer's is dementia. Um, So there's different types of dementia that happen. A couple of dozen. Yeah, but like Brent said, Alzheimer's is a leading cause. Um, is a leading dementia that we have in our country. It's um, interesting that we have 6.2 million people right now mm-hmm. with Alzheimer's. So that's people who have been diagnosed. Um, that number is going to triple um, by 2050. Uh, so if we kind of think about that, um, that's a large number of people. Mm-hmm. And by 2050, almost 22% of our population will be over 65. So we're talking, that's a large impact on our society and how mm-hmm. we see things. And so the types of care that people receive. So um, part of our education and what we like to talk about is the impact. Um, somebody's taking care of all of these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because when we start out, when we talk about dementia and when we talk about Alzheimer's, everybody is quick. Like when you forget where you put your phone, you're like, oh my gosh, is this normal? Or, or am I losing it a little bit? Like mm-hmm. those conversations we have inside our heads, mm-hmm. like, oh, how many times have I forgotten where my glasses are? Those types of forgetfulness, that's normal aging. Like you just, it, you slow down a little bit as you get older and that's okay. Um, forgetting where you put your purse is normal. Forgetting what your purse does, that's something else. Right. So um, relationships, like how things are related to each other and what things and objects do, that would be if you can't remember how things work, that's a conversation you should probably have with your doctor. Like this, I'm noticing mm-hmm. some changes. And the, the impacts, financial, right now, over $250 billion a year goes towards Alzheimer's care right now, insurance costs, meds, whatever the case may be. By 2050, you're talking about $1 trillion a year that's gonna to try to take care of that 25 million people mm. that are gonna be with Alzheimer's disease at that point. So it's a huge societal factor that's gonna right. be impacting us, not only from a human perspective, but from a financial perspective All Right. very soon. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about those people, um, right now we have close to 12 million people that are caregivers for the people with Alzheimer's. Um, so if, if that number triples, the number of people caring for them will also triple. And those are unpaid caregivers. Um, so they're typically daughters and wives and husbands that are caregiving, unpaid. So they're not able to be part of the workforce. Or if they are, they're burnt out because mm-hmm. it's so taxing. Um, just ha- having to take care of someone all the time is hard work mm-hmm. and it's mentally, it is stressful. So, um, if, so for me, like dementia and Alzheimer's both sound really, really scary. Right. Um, but what we want to talk about next is a little bit more about, um, kind of what some of those signs and clues are. And so you alluded to some of those, um, just now, but we'll, we want to talk a little bit more in depth about those kinds of things and things to look for, and then also with caregivers, the kinds of things that they can do to help, um, and and then also to help take care of themselves as well. But we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes um, here again on the Extension Hour, where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships here on Lone Star Radio, which we're 
we're so grateful for the for the radio station here on 104.5 and 106.1 worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. And we'll be back right after this. Hey there, this is Kathy Sanders reminding you about a local treasure, the new Danville store located next to the Hyatt Hotel in Market Street, the Woodlands. Shopping at the new Danville store, you will find quality, locally produced items for those hard to buy for friends, co-workers, and family members while supporting a great cause. Shop local, shop for a cause, shop the new Danville store at Market Street or online. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Welcome back. This is the Extension Hour. Talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships. We're talking about aging. Um, we've got Pauline and Brent with us, and they're with assisted living locators. So they um, help folks with um, some of those things that are just not fun to deal with. Um, and even, well, even if they were fun, it's just a lot, and it can be kind of overwhelming. So when you're dealing with a lot of other things and trying to make family decisions, and, and you guys mentioned you work a lot with um, adult children, of uh, aging parents and usually they're busy working and trying to find the time. And I have found this personally as well, trying to find the the time to help and do the things that um, I want to do to help my parents. And Mm -hmm. there's just not enough time. And so having a, a, a service like what you guys provide is really awesome. So thank you so much for being here today to share that. Um, so we were talking a little bit about falls and preventing falls. And then we talked, to, we got into a little bit more about memory and um, normal aging, but sometimes there is disease and Alzheimer's and dementia is one of those disease. But before we get too far, let's talk about the walk to end Alzheimer's is one of the things that you guys wanted to promote. Absolutely. Um, so all of the talk that we're doing about Alzheimer's, um, the Alzheimer's Association is an amazing organization that works um, for research, but also caregiver support and education. Um, so they do a lot for families who are dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's. So there is going to be a local walk, the Walk to End Alzheimer's. It's October the 2nd. Um, and we just ask that people either donate or come on out and support um, the work that they do. Um, you can go to End Alls, A-L-Z, um, dot org and uh, sign up for a walk team or you can donate to the association so we're supporting them and that's end e-n-d e-n-d a-l-z yes dot org, org. okay mm-hmm. yep and it's at october 2nd and so you could also participate and walk across texas and then you could do the walk to end alzheimer's It'd be like a twofer what a be deal great <laughs> lots of walking yes. lots and, of walking and the, and the local is it's in the woodlands mm-hmm. so it's not far from conroe at all 
and it'll be going to a great organization that helps not only Alzheimer's but all dementias, which mm -hmm. I think is a lot of things that people don't understand. They think mm -hmm. they just focus on Alzheimer's and it's like they don't. It's a lot. And it's a national organization, right? So yes. these are happening all over. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Uh, so you can find one in your area mm -hmm. if you don't happen to be in Conroe. Absolutely. Okay, so before we went to break, we were talking about dementia and Alzheimer's. Yes. Say it again. Not all dementia. Not, not all, all dementia is Alzheimer's, uh -huh. but all Alzheimer's is dementia. All right. So how does that happen? So it's just one of those things. Like as we're aging, we start noticing deficits. Like we're not able to recall things. Or sometimes it's even behavior changes. So you notice that your mom that was once just the sweetest person in the whole world and has, you know, just all of a sudden she's not. Like she's using words that you never thought your mama would use. Um, so those types of behavior shifts, um, they could be dementia. They mm -hmm. could be a type of dementia, but they could also be what we call pseudo dementias. So these are things that present like dementia, but maybe there's an underlying cause for the behavior change. So some of those are medical. Um, so maybe she's just dehydrated. She's been working outside in the garden a lot and she hasn't been taking care of herself and hydrating and uh, drinking her water because older people, they don't tend to drink as much water anyway, typically, because right. um, they don't get thirsty as often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about sight and hearing and, and taste is a yeah. different uh, thing too that, yeah. It just slowly degrades really too. Realize that. Right, yeah. yeah, so it starts changing and so maybe you're just not drinking enough, you don't realize that you're dehydrated. Mm -hmm. um, Urinary tract infections do the same thing. So they wreak havoc on older bodies mm. and they can cause behavior changes. So sometimes what you think might be dementia and it's really like it's a scary situation to be in, with your doctor's help, it may not be real dementia. It may just be a temporary situation that you can have with medical intervention, it can be reversed. So it's important to have those conversations with your doctor. Absolutely. Um, to be aware of, um, you know, and I, I try to say this in all the classes that we have, I mean, you have to be your own best advocate Absolutely. for your own health because you know yourself better than anybody else. So. Absolutely. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about caregiving too, but really the best caregiver is, is yourself, taking Absolutely. care of your, yourself. Um, so dementia uh, and Alzheimer's, you were talking a little bit about the research about how that happens and it's similar to plaque uh, mm -hmm. that causes a heart attack, but it gets into the brain. T talk a little bit more about that, Brent. So all of us have these proteins that are in our body. Mm -hmm. They appear, you know, throughout life. And what happens is we age is our ability to process that, for lack of a better term, get it out of the body, mm -hmm. decreases. So, you know, not only do they start piling up inside of our arteries, but they start piling up inside of our brains, too. So it's called amyloid, uh, amyloid proteins, and these proteins literally are starting to coat the brain and the neurons specifically. And when they coat the neurons, they inhibit them because it's electrical impulses is how we work, mm -hmm. okay? And when they, when they coat the neuron, these electrical impulses can't happen. They can't fire, mm -hmm. literally. So what happens in these dementia cases is that protein is slowly coating the neurons and eventually they're dying off because they can't function, they can't, for lack of a better term, breathe mm -hmm. and they die off. So Alzheimer's patients and dementia patients for whatever reason, which they have not been able to determine at this point, have this happening at a higher rate 
than what a normal aging process occurs because all of us have this happening okay mm -hmm. no matter what it's gonna happen but for whatever reason which they don't know yet for these dementia patients it's happening at a higher propensity and happening more quickly than it does as a normal course of aging happens. So there's a lot of things that are in play with that that they're trying to understand, whether it's diet, whether it's genetics, whether it's physical activity. There's a whole bunch of different studies that are going on right now to, to look at all these types of factors that are maybe in play with this. But right now, what is definitely happening is this protein is literally killing the, uh, the neurons of the brain cells and in the process killing off the memories, literally, right. of these patients that have these dementias and for especially the Alzheimer's patients. Right. So that aging process, like you said, is going to happen to all of us, um, but the dementia and the Alzheimer's speeds it up for some people. It speeds right. it up because the proteins are not being offset. The brain is a very resilient organ. Mm -hmm. I mean, it literally, stroke patients have been amazing with being able to rewire themselves so that when one part of their brain is negatively impacted, those functions are shifted to another part of the brain and they're able to still do some of those functions. With compensation. With compensation. Yeah. Okay. So the brain is a resilient organ and has the ability to compensate for things. And for most of us, as we age, that compensation is happening. Maybe we're a little bit shorter, like I said earlier, that two or three second lag mm -hmm. for us to react to a smell or a sense, but we still do it because our brain has found another way to be able to do what we need to have happen. Right. What's going on with Alzheimer's patients is for whatever reason, the brain is not reacting as quickly to compensate mm -hmm. for those deficiencies okay. that are happening as the neurons are being right. killed off. Okay. And they still don't understand exactly why that's happening. They just know that it is happening. And so that's the, the track of study is trying to figure out the why and then how to compensate for that. Right. And so what are some things that um, indicate that there's some serious issues? What, what, what do people need to look for um, to, to visit with their doctor about? So I think the most important thing is if you're not feeling yourself, um, if you notice that you're just not right or you're you're having confusion over where not where you're going like I know I want to go to the grocery store I've been there a thousand times but I'm not sure how to get there anymore mm -hmm. um, and it's or you're driving and you're not sure where you're going those are those are signs so that you're just you're having trouble with things that are normal things that you would normally do and you're having difficulty with those so those are important um, and but I definitely anytime there is a behavior shift for sure. So either you you know somebody was super nice and then all of a sudden they're more standoffish or uh, they once were more quiet and then now all of a sudden they've developed this you know bubbly personality. So any shifts like that um, are definitely things I would talk to my doctor about. Okay. And then what if you are? someone who is concerned about someone else so e whether it's um, a close caregiver so we talked about adult children often but right. even I had um, someone who expressed concern and was asking me about some resources for a, a neighbor so right. the neighbor um, is getting older and there's not um, the, the adult children don't live nearby they were kind of concerned about maybe some of the memories mm -hmm. of their neighbor and 
wondering if um, what you know if that neighbor needs help right uh, you know so so what kind of advice would you give someone in that kind of situation so definitely have a conversation with the person mm-hmm. like I'm noticing that you're having trouble keeping up with your house now mm-hmm. that's you know it's hard to do that um, so just having those caring conversations and see because making the, having the person desire the help mm-hmm. or realize that they need the help is important um, and points the, of observation Right. Like I've noticed that your grass is really tall. Are you having trouble mowing it? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, those kinds of conversations that come from exactly where you want it to come from, a loving, caring place. Um, You just want to make sure that they're okay. Um, But also, I think having conversations early, like we had talked about, Mm -hmm. are really important. Whenever you start to notice, you first start to notice um, so that you have more options and time to plan. Even if it's just a memory issue. Like you've noticed that someone's having trouble keeping up with their keys or whatever the case may be. You always can go and say, hey, I've noticed blah, blah, blah. Have you talked to your doctor about that? Because ultimately, the doctor is the one that's going to be making the evaluation and determination of what's going on. Whether it's a normal process of aging or whether there's something else that's involved there. So being able to have that conversation and but steering it towards... What does your doctor think about mm-hmm. right. X? That's something that I think is the way to go with, with someone that you're concerned about is, is just making the observations apparent and then referring back to the doctor and getting a doctor's opinion. opinion on what's going on. Well, in this, in this demographic too, so the 65 and older, the most trusted person in their life is their doctor. Yep. So they trust their doctor and what their doctor tells them. So that's, that's important. And also to make sure, because the doctor can do tests and studies to find out if it is something that is reversible. So maybe it is just an infection that, that can be treated or if it's something more serious. Absolutely. There are, the pseudo-dementias are a real thing. They, they can also involve drug interactions. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they could have two drugs that they're taking that are causing their forgetfulness or their issues, their behavioral changes. It could be alcohol related. Mm-hmm. It's very common for alcohol to p- play a part in this. So ultimately, a doctor is going to have to be involved with right. determining what the cause is of whatever right. symptoms. And I think too, are happening. I think people struggle with they think that if it is dementia, like that's you know my life is over and that's just not the case. So even though you have a diagnosis of dementia, you're still able to make choices for yourself. Um, you know, when early into the disease, you can decide what you want to do and you can make choices for yourself. Yeah. So it, planning can also help with that. Absolutely. And then also um, we're talking about when you care for someone else who mm-hmm. might be showing signs of. So I want to talk a little bit more about that, um, you know, and we could probably talk a way more, but we're going to have to take a break and we're going to come back with just a few last thoughts. Uh, but we definitely want to talk about planning and taking care of yourself, Absolutely. particularly if you're the caregiver. So we'll be back right after this. This is the Extension Hour. We talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships, and we're talking about healthy aging. We'll be back in just a bit. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW 
and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. And welcome back to the Extension Hour. People, programs, partnerships. We've got Brent and Pauline. We're having a great conversation about all these things um, related to aging. And I feel like um, we're just like barely scratching the surface on some of it. Um, so we've talked about dementia and Alzheimer's and a lot of the things that could happen. So falls, those things, um, some of it's part of natural aging. Some of it, you know, there are ways that we can prevent it. Um, but whatever is happening is going to happen, right? Right. So planning for it is an important thing. So um, things like planning a will, power of attorney, those kinds of things, making your wishes known ahead of time. Um, I was telling you guys earlier about um, a friend that I have on social media that was talking about um, caring for a mother-in-law that has um, dementia, and she was like almost yelling in her post, you know, have conversations with your parents about um, these things now. And you may think that it's too personal to get into your parents' business, but whenever someone has dementia, you get really personal with them because you may be helping them bathe and, you know, wipe after going to the toilet. Right. That gets really personal. So um, right. it's, you know, having other personal conversations. So what are some tips that you guys have for those kind of conversations to have with people? So I think the most important thing I can share with somebody is find people who are in the same situation as you. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps to have a support group. The Alzheimer's Association does wonderful things with um, groups, uh, support groups for people who are dealing with harder caregivers and handling through that situation and on the same journey as you. Like that is the best. Um, they have online support groups as well, um, education and resources. Because I think the scariest part is a lot of people don't go into their life thinking that they're going to be a caregiver for their mom or their spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if the situation presents itself and then you're, I don't know what is going to happen next. What is what is on the continuum? And so part of, and there's a lot of anxiety around that. Like you're worried all the time. Am I doing this right? Is it how it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think education helps with that a lot. Um, so having someone, a support system in place, like I know what you're going through, it, it's okay. It's okay. And you're doing the best thing that you know how to do. And so that's good. Right. Also having education so that you know what's coming next so that you can prepare yourself for that. That's invaluable. Um, just having that education source. Right. Um, and I think also taking care of yourself like that. I cannot stress how important that is mm-hmm. because caregiving is 24 seven. Whether you're the person actually doing the care or you're having someone come in, you're still managing that care and it's Mm -hmm. still on your mind. Um, So having a time of respite and that's just taking a step away, a short term break from that is so important. Respite care is a real thing Mm -hmm. and it means that you don't necessarily even have someone come into the house. You literally could have them go to a different location for a week or a few days, or whatever the case may be. And there's facilities that 
do that so that you would be able to get 24-hour care for them and be able to have a little break yourself. Absolutely. But that that's a very critical thing as part of this is realizing that, okay, the journey is going to have the same end no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just have to understand that you control it the best way you can. And part of the control is making sure that you are taking care of yourself because you got to be able to be there for everyone else. That's part of your life. Right. And that's hard to do when you're so focused on this one individual. I mean, it happened a lot in my family because we had my grandmother have you know Alzheimer's and she had two daughters that ended up taking care of her. And it was brutal on them because they were so focused on them that a lot of things happened around them that they lost track of. Mm-hmm. And it was sad, but it, it just happens. And so just making sure that yourself is as important as the person you're taking care of is very important right because you can't be the best caregiver if you're not taking care of yourself right and you might not be taking care of someone else right for long term so i was telling you guys earlier about um, someone that i know who has spent the last several years taking care of a sick spouse and before that taking care of um, a, a ill mother-in-law and before that taking care of children right and so now she's in a situation where she doesn't have someone to take care of so um trying to find that um that purpose again and that direction and um so self-care is is really important right um so advice for those kinds of things i think i mentioned earlier that the whole the body is a system so mind spirit body is a real thing so getting that person into a situation that they're somewhat familiar with Mm -hmm. that they seem to be happy doing being a nurturer or whatever, but also being able to do new things so that they can explore new opportunities, keep their mind engaged, all of those types of things is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of opportunities that are out there and available in the communities. And, you know, people like us can help them find those opportunities. But, you know, a lot of churches, schools, universities have types of resources available that people can participate in and do those types of things for sure Mm -hmm. just like um we were talking about lone star earlier so they're continuing Mm -hmm. education that's perfect um because if you've been nurturing people your whole adult life um you may not have had the opportunity to explore painting maybe it's something you thought about but maybe you know you just never tried Mm -hmm. because you didn't have time for that Mm -hmm. um but it's it's a great time to learn new skills uh, languages. Once you pass age 50, your ability to learn language improves, interestingly enough. So maybe it's time to learn a new language. Um, but those kinds of things keep your mind active. And it's very important as you're aging that you keep engaging your, yourself, that you're challenging yourself. And that is one thing that they have done some research on. And the preliminary research shows that the people that are more socially engaged and are challenging themselves with new learning opportunities seem to have a better opportunity of avoiding dementia and memory losses mm-hmm. than, pop, than the population that is not. Mm-hmm. So those opportunities, physical activity is very impactful. Th- these are the ways to help you be able to maintain that system at its peak efficiency, even as you age, because right. just because something is older doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right, right, right. 
And one of the other things that I want to mention, that a wonderful resource that we have here in Montgomery County is the Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force. Absolutely. Um, and um, Mosaics of Mercy is another great mm-hmm. resource finder, particularly when you get into um, specifically mental health um, right. issues and finding resources for that. Right. Okay, we just have a few more minutes left. So last few things, like if you had just two or three things that you want people to remember from this conversation that we've had, um, you know, things that you wish people knew before or while they're working with you, what would you, what would some of those be? The first thing I would say is plan, plan, and plan. Right. Okay. The sooner you can have a plan in place regarding a will, durable power of attorney, long-term care insurance, those types of things that you can do when you're younger, in your 40s and 50s, Mm. it makes it a lot easier for you to go into the continuum when you already have the plan in place to execute so that when the unexpected happens, then all you have to do is adjust the plan instead of come up with a whole new plan on the the fly. Or have somebody else come up uh, with a plan for you that's not even what you wanted. Correct. Which was our direct personal experience. Mm, So that's what we want people to avoid. So get your plan in place with your family, for yourself, but for your family as well. Right. And start having those conversations. Mm. So they are hard. Talking about money is hard. Um, Talking about what happens when I can't take care of myself is hard. Mm -hmm. But those conversations start early and they start in a light way. Like one day I'm not going to be able to do this. So who do you think should help me with that? Those are easier conversations to have. Um, So whenever all of you kids are out of the house and all of you have graduated college, so, you know, maybe I don't need a five bedroom house anymore. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but having those conversations before is really important and start having them with your own kids. If you have kids who are older and, you know, teenagers and they understand, start having and be comfortable with those conversations because it makes it so much easier on them. And part of the plan is understanding that the person that you're going to be engaged with to make decisions is executing your wishes, right? not theirs. Right. Okay. So that's very important to distinguish and make sure that a lot of times people get confused and think that this, this person's going to do whatever they want and they're going to make, no, they actually are obligated bound to a certain extent to do what you put in writing is what you want to do. Right. So if you grew up on a farm and, and you have, you like your outside time and you've always done that your whole life and that's where you live, moving into a community that's large with a lot of people and a lot of social activities may not be where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just making sure that people understand what you want and what you enjoy and what your hobbies were and what you'd like for them to be. Right. And I like the piece of advice you guys gave, and I think this was in our conversation earlier before we started the show, but uh, approaching that awkward conversation as an adult um, child with your parent. Um, Absolutely. And uh, going along with planning, like, I'll I'll do my will, you Absolutely. do your will, so that, you know, I, I mean, it's not too soon for me to do mine, right. and I shouldn't do mine anyway, so let's do them together. But durable powers of attorney, mm-hmm. We can all we could go home today and on the way home get in a car wreck and we're incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Right. So then what happens? Right. Okay. So we all need to have durable powers of attorney where we make it clear this is what we want, this is what we expect, and these are the people that are going to be identified to execute right. my wishes. Mm-hmm. 
And if you go ahead and make that offer and makes it a conversation of we doing this, right. not you dictating somebody else has to do it. And it makes it a lot easier for right. it to happen. And sometimes it's, you know, we've been talking about this and we want to make sure that the kids know that who's making choices so that they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to do that for our, you know, teenage, young 20s children. So mom, you know, you know, have you already thought about that? You may have, but you know, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And along the way, all of those kinds of things, those decisions that need to be made, that's what you guys help with assisted living locators. So um, it's not just finding housing. It's doing all kinds of things that you guys can help with. So it's been great to have you guys here to to talk about all of these things. Um, And then if you want to learn more about Master of Memory, Preventing Falls, those kinds of things, um, call us at the Extension Office because we um, are always looking for places to go out and do programs. Um, And we we have more success going to a group. So if there's anybody that's um, listening that's interested in those, give us a call. Um, 936-539-7825 is one of our phone numbers we have lots of phone numbers and that's the one that I remember so that's the one I'm going to give so this is the extension hour it's great to be back it's great to have you guys here with us today Um, being being our people our programs our partnerships we're just so great to to have you here and it's good to be here at the the radio station this will be um, recorded so um, people can go back and listen um, because great information you know sometimes I go oh what did they say and I can go back and listen on YouTube or um, various other places But thank you so much for being here. I'm Amy Ressler. This is the Extension Hour. See you next time.